Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to uh, Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. Be another message in the Christ Is series we've been doing. And tonight I'd like to look at Christ is our portion. Christ is our portion. Lamentations chapter 3. Starting at verse 21, and we'll read to verse 26. Our text will be found in verse 24. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21 to 26. Christ is our portion. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. Now this is something that we should call to mind. It is, not of, the, it is, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Verse 24 is where the text for our message will be. The Lord is my portion. Remember in verse 21 he said, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. This little portion of Scripture can bring such hope to the believer. Such hope. In verse 21, or 24 says, The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. Now God's people, we have a sure hope. We, have a sure, we don't have a false hope. The world has a false hope. Because they're hoping in themselves. Religion has false hope. They've built a refuge of lies. It's all based upon what they do. But believers in Christ... Oh, what a hope we have, beloved. What a hope we have. We have a sure hope. Why do we have a sure hope? Because it's founded in God, and it's founded in God alone. And sometimes we get down, don't we? Sometimes in this life we get down, either because of a circumstance, or sometimes it's just life. But let we who believe remember this. That is our soul may be cast down, that we ought not to despair. We ought not to despair, beloved, because we have hope. Psalm 42, 11, when I was going through a real rough time in my life after the Lord had saved me, I put this verse to memory, and it ministered to my heart. And it goes this way, Why art thou cast down on my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Hope thou in God. He is our hope, isn't he? Our hope is in Christ and him alone. Our hope is in Christ who is God incarnate in the flesh. Fully God and fully man. 
during all times. He's our hope. He alone is our rest. Because as the scripture says, He's our portion. He's our portion. Scripture says in Psalm 116 verse 1. Turn if you would to Psalm 116. We need to look a little bit at this little portion. These first, these first six verses. Or seven verses. Psalm 116. Our hope and our rest is in Christ. In Him alone. And what a rest we have in Him. And we can rest in Christ because He's our portion. Look at Psalm 116. Verses 1 to 7. I love the Lord because He hath heard my voice and my supplications. Because He hath inclined His ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon Him, what? As long as I live. As long as we have breath. The believer cries out to our God, don't we? The sorrows of death can pass me and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was bought low and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountiful with thee. Every believer can say this. Eh? Has the Lord not dealt bountifully with us? Think about this. He has. Because he's our portion. Christ himself is the believer's portion. In what rest, what quiet and tranquil state after much distress. And, and this is what the psalmist was going through. And think of this in our salvation. Men strive. They strive to work out their own righteousness. But it will only lead to their doom. But the believer has been bought out of religion. The believer who's been bought out of religion knows, knows what this is like. They know the toil of religion. Always striving to be better and always failing. But this rest we have in Christ is all based upon Him. All based upon Him. The believer has ceased from his labor. Ceased from his labors. I was talking to Joe Terrell this week. And him and I were discussing about the thing that he told me. And I said, I still mention this. I had went to preach at his church. And, and um, we were sitting in his living room. Joe's been through a lot of things. Suffered from a lot of different things. Some anxiety issues, some depression issues. And Joe said to me, and it stuck with me, the hardest thing for us is to enter into the rest of Christ. And I told him, I've just learned a little bit about that, and I'm still learning. 
the hardest thing for the believer to do, isn't it? The hardest thing for us to do. Just to rest. Just to rest. Just to trust Christ. Oh, my. But the believer, the believer, we have a rest, don't we? We have a rest. We have a perfect peace. Sometimes the Lord gives us a perfect peace amongst the storms of this life. And why? Think of it. Think of when you have the most tranquil times in your life of peace. It's usually when you're looking to Christ (laughs) and him alone. My. And so the believer, this text says here, the Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The believer stopped hoping in himself. And our hope is Christ. Our hope is Christ. So tonight let us first consider the meaning of the word portion. Now the word portion is sometimes taken for a piece or part of a thing. Be it a less part or be it a bigger part. And sometimes it's used for part and sometimes it's used to explain a whole. We'll be looking at how it's a whole. Because the scripture declares here, the Lord is my portion. Is he not everything to you? Is the Lord not everything to you? My. He's everything to us. He's our whole portion. And think of this. Know what what it says here. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, will I hope in him. For every believer, every individual believer, This just struck me as I was studying this. Every individual believer, he's our whole portion. He's not part your your portion, Brother Dan, and, and, and part your portion, Brother John. For each of us, he's our whole portion. For every believer. For every believer. My. For every individual believer. And it's our Heavenly Father who has made Christ every believer's portion. It's our Heavenly Father. Christ is not divided. So to every one of God's elect, He's a full portion. He's a full portion. God the Father has given Christ wholly and entirely to each believer. To each believer. So that each one may say, Christ is all mine. He's all mine. Ask yourself this, you who believe. Is he not all your redemption? He's all my redemption too. Is he not all your sanctification? He's all mine too. He shed his blood for all your sins. He shed his blood for all my sins too. 
for everyone who believe on him. All that the Father gave him in eternity. Isn't it wonderful? That just blesses our heart. He's, all, he's, he's the portion of his people. He's the portion of his people. David proclaimed that the Lord was his portion. We saw, turn if you would to Psalm 16 again. Psalm 16, we were at 116, but turn if you you would to to Psalm 16. Now Jeremiah in our text proclaimed the Lord is his portion. And it's so for every believer. David proclaimed the same thing over in Psalm 16, verses 5 and 6. Look at this. And we can, every believer can say this. Every believer can say this. And this is marvelous. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance. He's the portion of my inheritance. And of my cup, thou maintainest my lot. Lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a godly or goodly, goodly heritage. That is the believer's portion. Christ. Christ. Think of this, the the Levites, as a tribe, they had no inheritance in the land of Canaan, did they? No inheritance in the land of Canaan. But God was their portion. God was their portion. Oh, one commentator of old said, and who shall dare to say that, that, that they had not the best of it? The rest of Israel inherited the land, right? But the, but the, the Levites had, had no portion. But God was their portion. God is the portion of his people. The portion of his people. Think on this. If you could have your choice, what would you choose, goods or God? Well, in our natural state, we all choose goods, don't we? But when God, the Holy Spirit, regenerates us, when we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God, He gives us new desires, doesn't He? A heart that hungers and thirsts after righteousness. And Christ is everything to us. He's our portion. And let us remember this, that the Lord is incomparable. And He he is an unrivaled portion. He is an incomparable and unrivaled portion. With Christ... Is our portion the lowliest and penniless are rich, far richer than the wealthiest in the world. And that which pertains to the soul, spiritual riches in Christ, far exceeds all the value of all the things in this world. And the believer has what? All spiritual blessings in who? Christ, who is our portion. Who is our portion. We are rich beyond belief, beyond compare, beyond compare. And the believer says with David in, in Psalm 16, 5, what we looked at, the Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The believer in Christ is an heir of God. And his testimonies are our heritage. Psalm 119, 111 says this, Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever. Forever. For they are the rejoicing of my heart. Does not your heart burn within you when you read the word? 
or when you hear it preached. When someone exalts Christ, lifting Christ up before you. That's all we want to hear, right? Remember the Greeks who came? Sir, we would see Jesus. That's all we want. That's all we desire when a man gets up to preach the gospel. Sir, we would see Jesus. Preach to us Christ. Tell us about our Savior. Tell us about our portion. My. The promise of, from God to His people in Hebrews 13.5 is this. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And those words are worth more to the believer than all the things of this world. Our great King, our Lord says, I will never leave thee nor forsake you. Forsake thee. What an inheritance we have in Christ. What a portion the believer has in Christ. Now let us consider what in Christ is the believer's portion. Scripture declares, The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. His merit and His righteousness is the believer's for justification. His blood was shed for our reconciliation to God. His sufferings, His death, make an atonement for all our sins. What a portion we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is God, and He has all wisdom and all power, and He is the believer's portion. He works out all things for our good, and according to His purpose, For those who are in Christ. For those who are in Christ. My, what a portion the believer has in Christ. And he sends the Holy Spirit to regenerate us and to grant us faith and repentance. My, he seeks us out. He seeks us out, beloved. And then he refreshes us when we go through sorrow or pain or tribulation. He never leaves us. Never forsakes us. Distress of the heart. He's always with us. And he always will be. He always will be, beloved. My, when we consider, when we stop and consider how much we've been forgiven. You guys have heard me mention this before. When we stop and consider how much we've been forgiven, it makes us quick to forgive others. God has blotted out all my sins. All of them. I don't deserve that. But he's bought and purchased my eternal soul by the shedding of his precious blood. And he's my portion, beloved. He's my portion. My. Psalm 18, 2 says this, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation in my high tower. That covers everything. My. His word guides us through the darkness of this world, pointing us to Christ. The Holy, as the Holy Spirit reveals the Scriptures, reveals Christ to us, the Scriptures come alive, don't they? And we always are showing Christ. 
And His presence is ours. His presence is ours for our perseverance. He keeps us. He keeps us, beloved. And He protects us. Once again, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation in my high tower. Psalm 18, verse 2. And He's not just that for David. He's that for every individual believer. These are written to us, to we who believe. Oh, what comfort we can glean from the Scriptures below. Our text again proclaims this, The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. Christ is the portion of my heart. Christ is the portion of everything that I desire. It's all Him. Is it so for you? Oh, if He's not your portion, I pray that God, the Holy Spirit, would reveal Christ to you. Oh, that He'd become your portion. And the Lord Jesus Christ is a sufficient and satisfying portion, isn't He? He's a sufficient and satisfying portion, both with God and with man. He satisfied all God's demands for His people and His people find in Christ a soul-satisfying and all-sufficient Savior. Does not Christ satisfy your soul, beloved? Does He not fill your heart with joy when you ponder and consider at who I am, an undeserving sinner, and that's for all of us, right, who believe, have received mercy, have all our sins forgiven, that God himself became a man and went to Calvary's cross and died upon that tree. And the believer says, for me. Undeserved, unmerited mercy. My goodness. And He becomes our portion. He's everything. He's everything to us. No, no wonder David with jubilance and, and in triumph exaltation exclaimed, the Lord is my portion. He's the portion of my inheritance in my cup. No wonder in, in, in Psalm 16 he said, No wonder he cried that out. He who made and redeemed the soul can alone satisfy and supply it. He who alone, he who made and redeemed the soul can alone satisfy and supply it. And because of this, the apostle assures the believer by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, all things are yours. All things are yours. And we know that this is in Christ, in Him alone. And we glorify God for His goodness and His mercy towards sinners such as we. 
Romans 8.32. Scriptures proclaim this. He that spared not his own son. But delivered him up for us all. He spared not his son. But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? When we tie that in with tonight's scripture, we know that he's given us all things in Christ Jesus our Lord. All things, beloved. In Christ is a sufficient portion for the believer. He's the Lord our righteousness. And we have access to God through His merit and through His perfect, redeeming work on Calvary's cross. Christ is El Shaddai. God Almighty. And He is all we need. Christ is a satisfying portion. All that a sinner needs is found in Christ. It's all in Him. Pardon of all our sins. Redemption through His precious blood. Justification with God through His perfect righteousness. Eternal life by His death. Resurrection glory because where He is, the body shall soon follow. He's everything. And He's a sweet portion for the believer. Exceedingly pleasant and delightful to the believer. And He alone fills the believer the believer's heart with joy unspeakable. Joy unspeakable. How sweet is the knowledge of Christ in gospel mysteries to the understanding as He reveals Himself to the believer. Through the preaching of the Word or through the reading of His Word. How, how sweet He becomes to us. How precious Turn, if you would, to Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Song of Solomon, chapter 2. And let us remember this. Christ alone is a sure portion for the believer. He's the only suitable portion for us to think, or, or for, for us. Look at Song of Solomon. Chapter 2. And this is the bride writing about Christ. Writing about Christ. Or, or, or proclaiming Christ. Proclaiming about her beloved. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 3 to 7. Is the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He bought me into, his, into the banqueting house and his banner over me was love. Love. 
And this is, the, this is the bride proclaiming this about Christ. The bride proclaiming this. Stay me with flagons. Comfort me with apples. For I am sick of love. Look at this. His left hand is under my head. Mm. And his right hand doth embrace me. This is, our, this, is, this is, again, the Bride of Christ saying this about our, our wonderful Redeemer. I charge you, O, o ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that ye, that ye stir not up nor wake my love till he please. His left hand, the, the hand of everlasting, is under my head, and his right hand doth me. All the love that Christ has for His bride, for His people. Oh, beloved, He's a sure portion for us. Now we cannot say concerning any portion we have in this world that it's a sure portion in worldly aspects. Many a child has thought himself or herself secure enough that the portion had been in their hands and that in the process of time it, maybe you receive a portion or inheritance from a, from a loved one, but soon it's gone. Or when we die, it goes to someone else. But the Christian's portion, which is Christ, is a sure portion, beloved. It's a sure portion. Turn, if you would, to Luke chapter 10. It's the best part. Do you know why? This portion is the best portion anyone can have. Do you know why? Because it can't be taken away. It can't be taken away. God gives Christ to His people. And He is their portion. Now look at this text. I found this study for this message. Look at this. Luke 10, verses 38 to 42. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And we know that that's Christ, right? He's revealed that to us. That's Christ. And Martha hath chosen that good part. She's been made willing. But, but, but look at this. Look at the last part of this verse which shall not be taken away from her. Now that would make the believer's heart sing. Sing with joy. Which shall not be taken away from her. One thing's needful, that's Christ. Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. 
Oh, how that ministers to my soul, beloved. I, I hope and pray it does yours too. What a sweet word here for the believer in Christ. Oh. Christ the truth. And this is sure. Think of this too. I want us to, I want us to think on this. This is sure. You know why? Because the one who is truth incarnate spoke this. He said that portion, that part will never be taken from her. Oh, what salvation we have, beloved, in Christ Jesus our Lord. The portion we have in Christ, it shall, shall not be taken away while we live. Is the gift and calling of God are without repentance. It is secured by the promise and oath and power of God, beloved. It shall not be taken away. May we let this precious truth warm our hearts and our souls. No one can take it away from us. No one can take Christ away from us. And we cannot lose this wonderful portion that the believer has in Christ. Turn, if you would, to John chapter 10, verse 28. Now, in this world, right, people can lose portions. They can use, lose inheritances because someone gets bent out of shape and says, I'm going to write you out of my will. Right? It happens, unfortunately. Or families can squabble about what, when, 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 uh, when the mother or father dies, the family starts squabbling amongst themselves about what portion am I going to get? What a portion we have in Christ. What a portion we have in Him. The portion that comes from God can never be taken away. Look what it says in John 10, 28. Again, it's our Master's words. And I give unto them eternal life. And we're going to tie this in with, with about, the, about, the, about what He said to, to Mary. About Mary. Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her, right? John ten twenty eight. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Oh my beloved. What we have in Christ. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our dear brother Paul penned those words. Nothing can separate us from Christ, who is our portion. Because we saw this morning, it's God who keeps us. It's him who keeps us, beloved. Psalm 73, 26, Scripture declares this, My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is my strength. God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 73, 26. He's not just my portion here. He's not just, you who believe, He's not just your portion here. He's our portion forever. My, what a Savior we have, beloved. What a Savior we have. And all our portion is in Christ. 
And it's true for every single individual believer. Every one of God's blood-bought saints through all the ages that have been and all the generations which have gone before us and if the Lord tarries all the generations after us the people of God we all have the same portion the same inheritance and it's Christ in Him alone. And as I said earlier, He's a whole portion for every single one of us. My. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 3. Do you know that Paul calls this wonderful portion that the believer has in Christ the unsearchable riches of Christ? The unsearchable riches of Christ. Ephesians chapter 3, we'll read in context verse 7 to 13. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. God's preachers, we have a, we have a gift to preach. We've been, it's, it's all Him. beloved. But for every believer, we've received the gift of grace, haven't we? Every believer. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which He purposed, which He purposed, verse 11, in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is my glory. To every single believer, Christ is our portion. Think of this. He's a bottomless mine of merit. He's a bottomless mine of merit for His people. Christ is a boundless ocean of righteousness. A boundless ocean of righteousness. And he is, the, he is the strength of his people. In our weakness, what? He is made strong. He is made strong. In him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And think of this. We looked at the fullness of Christ today. He's, the, he's, he's a fountain full, isn't he? He's a fountain full for grace and for comfort for His people. That it may be said of Him that can be said of no other. He's a storehouse that can never be emptied. Never be emptied. Turn if you will to the Song of Solomon, chapter 5. Now is it any wonder why the bride proclaims in, in, in the Song of Psalm this, Solomon this about the groom? And this pictures again Christ or the church proclaiming this truth about Christ. Look at this. Song of Solomon 5, verses 9 and 10. What is thy beloved more than another? O thou fairest among women, 
What is thy beloved more than another beloved? That thou doest so charge us. Verse 10. My beloved is white and ruddy. The cheapest among 10,000. Is he not that to you, beloved? Oh, he's the cheapest among 10,000. He's everything to us. So let us ponder this week the rich portion that the believer has in Christ Jesus our Lord. All our merit with God is in him. Is in him. The believer cries, none but Christ to justify, none but Christ to sanctify, none but Christ to rule me, and none but Christ to save me. None but Christ to be my prophet, none but Christ to be my priest, none but Christ to be my king. Oh, he's everything. He's everything to us, beloved. And if we can say that, oh, how truly blessed we are. How truly blessed we are. Our text proclaims, the Lord is my portion. And the believer cries out, Thou, Thou art my portion, Lord. It's all You. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, will I hope in Him. So our text closes with this. Therefore, will I hope in Him. Therefore, will I hope in Him. The believer relies upon Him. The believer trusts Him. The believer tries to rest in Him. <laughs> right? It's a struggle for us, isn't it? But He is our rest, isn't He? He is our rest. He's our repose. And He's our portion. Scripture says, Therefore will I hope in Him. Therefore will I hope in Him. He's our portion. He's our refuge. And think on this, beloved. When we die, all other portions leave us. All the things we own in this world, they all leave us, don't they? But if Christ is our portion now, rejoice and hope in Christ, because Christ is our eternal portion. He's our eternal portion. And what hope we have, what comfort this brings the believer, what comfort. As we travel through this world of woe. Well, and it is a world of woe. Oh, what a portion we have, beloved. All glory, honor, and praise to our great King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the time that we've had to gather together tonight and to look into Thy Word. Oh, I pray that You would keep these things in remembrance for we who believe. Oh, that... that we would remember this week, oh Lord, that you are our portion. You are our strength. You are, you are everything to us. And therefore will I hope, hope in you, hope in you, Lord Jesus, and hope in nothing else but thee. Oh Lord, we're, we're fragile and frail creatures. We, we make mistakes and we sin. and we, But oh Lord, what a portion we have in thee. What a portion we have in you. And for the believer, you have forgiven us of all our sins, all our iniquities. Oh, what a great salvation we have in thee. We pray that if it's your will to use this message to draw one of your last, lost sheep, that we give you all the glory and honor and praise if you so please to do that. We seek that you be glorified and magnified by the preaching of your word. And we love you because you first loved us. 
In Jesus' name, amen.